0: Philican fans, we've got um, an extra special guest uh, this time around. We've got Phil Forte. Uh, He's back on the coaching staff at St. Louis University with the basketball team, and uh, he's been nice enough to join us. Uh, Phil, man, good to talk to you again. Thanks for joining the show.
1: Absolutely. Zach, Peter, thanks for having me. Uh, I kind of follow you guys from a distance and everything, even the past couple years or whatever when I was away. So uh, definitely glad to be with you guys tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted to kind of, you know, ask you, uh, how, how does it feel to... Well, first of all, actually, let's start off. I, I want to give you a moment just to kind of remember your dear friend, Ford Stewart. Uh I know I got a chance to interview him, got a chance to know him. Uh, just, I I couldn't believe the kind of person he was. Uh, but just just talk a little bit about him, man, just freestyle.
1: Yeah, I man, I'm, I'm getting chills this evening. Trying to talk about it. Um, I mean, he was my best friend. Uh, I was the best man at his wedding. We came in um, at Oklahoma State together and um, you know, kind of just developed a, a really close relationship in college. Uh, we roomed together for two years there at OSU. And then when I was done playing my last year for Underwood, and Ford followed Coach Ford here for a year. So he was one year ahead of me. And then I came here to be a graduate assistant and lived with him for two years as well here in St. Louis. And um, just, I mean, really out, we would always joke around about this. A lot of people probably go their whole lives trying to find a type, that type of friendship that we had. And you know, basketball was just a small fraction of that. You know, We sure went to work together every day. We played together at school, but um, our, our friendship, uh, off the court is what made it, made it so special. I mean, he was a brother to me um, and an unbelievable friend and um, you know, just going through the past couple months uh, has definitely been tough, you know, especially with him, his family, you know, the last four or five months I lived here in St. Louis, I lived in him and Courtney's basement. Uh, so definitely got to know them and, and Lucy pretty well in Courtney's actually supposed to be due here in two days um, so that'll be a very emotional and special special moment for everybody um, but you know definitely a, a brother I know coming here there's a lot of emotions um, I mean I'm in his office right now you know as we speak and um, just gonna try to live every day for him and just try to make him proud you know while I'm sitting here in his chair
2: was there any part of you, <clears throat> when this opportunity came up, was there any part of you that, I guess, did you immediately think, yeah, this is the right thing to do? Or was, or was there a part of you that was like, well, this is way too heavy. I don't know if I can do this.
1: Um, no, I remember the conversation I have with Coach Ford and there was, you know, I told Coach, oh, man, wherever, wherever I was, I always told you I would walk from any other job to come back and work for you, for you again and you know obviously it is it's a lot with uh Ford's Ford's passing and I was just like I don't don't know um you know I just think what you know what would Ford want me to do you know and Coach Ford kind of cut me off and he's like I could tell you exactly what he'd want you to do he'd want you to come here and um and it kind of led to that you know I had conversations with his wife Courtney and I'm very, very close to the other, you know, Ford's parents, Coach Ford's parents. You know, they've become family for me. They've done so much for me since my freshman year of college. And um, the more I talked to them, I I think it just kind of felt um, like the the right thing to do. Um, You know, when everyone left that arena after the service, you know, for most times you go through something like that as time goes on, people move on, you go back to their jobs and you get back to your, your life and reality. And there's a small, small percentage of people, you know, the close family, and when stuff like that goes on, that they don't just move on right away. And, you know, though, that group of people was, was here in St. Louis. And so, um, you know, that, that's what, you know, for me, I was like, those are the people that I want to be around with, with Ford's son coming into the picture with Courtney to be there for her as well. Uh, this was bigger than basketball at, at the end of the day you know there's a lot of benefits to coming here as a you know for the basketball program working for coach ford slew all that but at the end of the day this this was much bigger than than basketball for me
2: given those um, you had recently taken a job at uh, uh texas rio grande valley given mm-hmm. the circumstances were they pretty understanding about the opportunity
1: yeah. Uh the, the coach there, Matt Figure, was great. I mean, he understood. I mean, he he it was no problem at all. Um he I told him the same thing. I, I was like, Coach he's bigger than basketball. He's like, I understand. He's like, I thought this would probably happen anyway. Um, and him and Coach Ford know each other. He was an assistant at K State when I was in high school. So when Coach Ford is at OSU, that they, they've known each other in, in crossing. So but he was great. He he understood the whole situation and everything. Good.
0: Okay. Um Fairly or unfairly, I mean, you're you're obviously going to be compared to Ford uh, Stewen, um, going forward as as an assistant. How would uh, I'm just curious, how would you say you're like Ford, and how are you kind of different than him in general? Is like you know just day to day off the court and on the court as far as coaching.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't dress as well as uh, <laughs> as Ford did. <laughs> So I'm going to let people are expecting me to, to reach hit that, that standard. I'm going to let a lot of people down. Um, so just trying, I'm going to go ahead and let that out there. Um, you know, I think a lot of people probably look at us and see the age is similar. Um, fairly young recently played, you know, all that. And there are some similarities that we have, um, you know, like we're young, we can relate to the guys really, really well, I think. Um, but I think our personalities are are a little different. Um, not in a good way or, or a bad, but um that's just you know, whether off the court when we played, our personalities were, were a little different. I think Ford's smarter than I than I am. Ford had a a a mind, whether off the court, whatever, he was very particular in everything that that he did. Um me, I'm a little more uh, just kind of roll your sleeves up and just get after it every day. Not, I'm not going to, you know, have a list of 10 things to do. I'm not going to be quite as organized it's probably a flaw of mine, but I think our personalities are a little different. I think, you know, there are some strengths that are um, a little different as well. You know, like for me recruiting, you know, I'm a Texas guy. Like those are the people where I, I, I played, I'm from, I know different people have different relationships, you know, I had a different career than Ford, uh, different experiences than, than Ford did as well. So um, even though we're both young, we both had a, a different perspective on the game. We both went through different things in high school and in college, which will kind of shape our thinking. So um, I know it's kind of a long worded answer there, but um, there's definitely some similarities, but I think our approach and our personalities are, are a little different as well. So. Um, even though we're similar in age I think there's definitely going to be some differences as, as people kind of go on to, to see that
2: you see your background's Texas so so to kind of circle back on that um, mm-hmm. Marcus High School Flower Mound Texas do yeah. I have that right right yeah you're Texas born and raised like you're, you're so it's your whole background
1: so I was born in Salina Kansas actually okay uh, born in Salina moved to Wichita for a little bit uh, my family is actually from half from Kansas City half from uh, Wichita, My uh, maybe six or seven moved to Dallas dad's job. And then I've always been in the Dallas area since then. So a lot of family in Kansas, but, you know, growing up and where most of my, my childhood was playing and all of that is in the Dallas area. Do, do you
0: relish we, as we've kind of seen uh, in the recent offers that have gone out to players, uh, do you relish going up against, the big conferences in Texas uh, for recruits?
1: Um, I think all that kind of just works itself out. I think you have to find the right kid, too, Um, because if you're going to go up and try to recruit against some of the Big 12 schools or SEC, whatever, you're going to have to recruit a certain kid that fit and style of play is important for Because if you, I mean, the second that AM calls, and we're, we're in trouble. So I think there's a lot of background that goes into it, making sure that this is a kid that wants to go play at a basketball school, has a chance to impact the program early, make the NCAA tournament, play for a coach that is going to give you a ton of freedom. And to some people, may say to a fault. Um, and so that's those are things I look for. It's relationships, too, just kind of who I know there in the area or connection to a, a coach, a trainer, a high school guy that I knew that coached me or played with or a friend. So a lot of that kind of comes into to consideration too.
2: So you um, you played for Coach Ford at, at OSU. When you were coming out of high school, what other schools were you looking at? And what, what is it that brought you there?
1: Um, you know, it was kind of all over the place, you know, from big 12 to mid-major. Um, you know, when me and, me and Marcus Smart went to the same high school. And so coming out of high school, we were trying to figure out if we wanted to play together or, or go our separate way. And um, it reached a point where we were like, hey, you know, we're gonna try to go play together. And so really the best options that we had as far as fitting both of us were between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And so we took our visits um, and then we ended up going, went to OU first, then went to Stillwater and probably at the time, honestly, thought I was going to know you. We both did. Um, got to campus, and I mean, the plan that that Coach Ford had for for us, and and me especially, is kind of what won me over. Most times, me and Marcus went on visits. And I was just the little the little guy that was tagging along, and rightfully so. You know, Marcus is a heck of a player, making twenty million dollars a year in the NBA. Rightfully so, but. On that visit, you know, Coach Ford said that he's like, you know, Marcus, if you come great, if not, Phil, will still take you. you know, we want you. And that was the first time that I saw, you know, I'm, you know, I had the attention. I was the one a school needed and really wanted. And I felt that. And um, Coach Ford played it, similar position as me. So he I knew that he could kind of relate to, to my game as well. And then uh me and Marcus has had a, a close friendship. And so he's just he he could go play anywhere. I mean, at the end of the day, kind of looked at me. He just like, wanted to do it, and I was like, sure. And so we kind of committed on our visit, uh, right there. So we ended up getting a lottery pick as well. So it was uh, a day. Coach Ford was definitely definitely pretty happy.
0: 2016-17 uh, at OSU, uh, you led the nation in uh, free throw percentage. Uh, mm-hmm. Went 84 of 88 for a, a nice little 95.5% uh, from the line uh Billiken fans have to be wondering are you are you bringing are you bringing that expertise with you and and really is it is it truly possible to fix a bad free throw shooter
1: Uh, (laughs) yes you know yeah to an extent I'd like anything you know you have to get the right form and then it's reps 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 after that you know I was laughing with Jordan Goodwin the other day he was here working out and so Jordan was here my first two years when I was a GA. So I was here Jordan's freshman, sophomore year. I spent a lot of time with him on his shot and everything. And as we all know, last year, I mean, he shot the ball incredibly well and has made a lot of progress from, from his freshman year. I was laughing with him. He was working out and his shot looks great. It was, it was unbelievable. And it's like, dang, man, like all you need to do to develop your jump shot is have me leave. You know, the second I left, you know, you, you started to improve your jump shot. Um, but I think, I, I think you can, it, it's about just being in the gym as much as possible. Sure. There's definitely some scenarios where, uh, it, some take more time, more repetition, more time in the gym than others. Um, but it's not becoming a good shooter. Isn't one of those things that just, it's a month or two months, a summer that's maybe two years, three years. know, you look at the Steph Curry's like, Tom, that's years, of being in the gym, right? That's thousands of thousands, millions upon shots to where it's just that muscle memory where it becomes just a habit. It's not just one summer, it takes a lot of time. And so, you know, you just have to be willing to consistently put that time, and that's when you start to see the transition from an okay shooter or a great or good shooter to a great shooter or someone who doesn't shoot it well to an average shooter.
0: I'm I'm curious. Um, because we mentioned Jordan Goodwin and I think we'd be remiss to not talk Hassan French when we talk free throws. Um, is there, what is it about big men that tend to struggle? Cause I I'm, I've had a running joke on the last podcast that I did that it was the big hands, yeah. it, big hands was, and I don't know, but is that, is there some truth to that uh, or is it the height and maybe the angle? Is there, what, what are we looking at?
1: I I do. I think there is some truth to the hand size of the ball, Um, whether that's a myth or or whether that's true. I do think there's some truth to it. Um, I think a lot of it's mental. I mean, everyone around here would tell you Hassan in practice probably shot 70%, No, and then he'd get in the game and, I mean, it wasn't the case, but a lot of it is mental. Shooting is a lot like, you know, being a golfer, being a pitcher. I mean, there's such a huge mental side of it. It's not like you're going down to the post is catching and getting to your jump hook. The song's really good at that, you don't have to think. You just catch it, you get right to it. Shooting, especially when you're on the free throw line, everyone's watching you. You have 10 seconds to stop, think about your shot. I mean, it's the one time in basketball you just get to really stop and think about it. So I think for a lot of kids, it's mental. You know, when you get up there knowing that you've put the time in that you could actually make this as Asam was... Uh, 70 percent free throw shooter practice so there was something in there that he was wrestling with in the game to where you know it it just necessarily wasn't the same
2: what what would you say um and and i guess you know how did how did coach ford talk to you about it um as as you were transitioning to this job but what's your role in terms of practice and and game preparation are are you focused on guards or Mm -hmm. is is it kind of a, a a broader a broader set that skill set that you're bringing
1: yeah a little bit of everything you know right now in the summer it's been mainly player development uh, we've done a lot of individuals with our guys working on ball handling shooting passing slowly incorporating some of our basic offensive principles so that's what we've done up to this point um, yeah there's no doubt I'll spend more time with the guards and going down there and trying to teach our our big guys had to shoot a jump hook just because one I'm 5'10 and didn't do that you know so I could just relate to our guys more on the perimeter in a a guard setting knowing I played it been there and a lot of the drills that we do I did them for coach Ford same stuff you know I did it so I can relate to them help them out in those areas so that's why naturally I spend more time with the guards
0: Uh, I think a lot of, sorry. (laughs) I think a lot of Billiken fans were uh, really impressed uh, the way you hit the ground running um, when it comes came to recruiting right after you were brought in. Uh, What what is kind of your recruiting philosophy? What are you looking for? Uh, Is it molded more by uh, Coach Ford, or is it kind of your own style that you're bringing?
1: Oh, there's no doubt it's it's towards Coach Ford. Um, I think that's something I learned my first two years at Sam Houston as an assistant. I would go watch games, and I'm like, man, I love this kid. And I, I'd take him to my head coach. you would watch him and be like, ah, you know. I, it wouldn't fit him. It didn't fit his personality. I might have loved him, but it doesn't matter what, what I like. I'm not the head coach. So when I go watch games, when I evaluate kids, it's what will he like. Now, the good thing is I know what he likes because I played for him. I know the guys that have worked for him and the guys that haven't. And so I think that's the biggest thing. A kid may be very talented, but if you know he's not going to make it in the long run, then, then it's not worth it. It's not worth thing with time. So um, that's, I think, the most important thing uh, for me as an assistant. And I struggled with that my first year. Uh, I did. And that's something I've learned over the past couple of years, you know, recruiting towards you. Your, your head coach so definitely that's the main thing when I, when I look at a kid
0: i think when we looked at when we had rick Majeris here we you you kind of got the idea that uh basketball iq and love of the game were a one and one a and one b mm-hmm. what what do you think coach ford prizes the most in a recruit what is that first thing that he says if he doesn't have it that's a non-starter
1: yeah, I think you definitely got to have a certain toughness to you. That's how he played. If you guys ever go and watch how Coach Ford played at Kentucky, um, he plays with that edge or played with that edge. He, and that's how he coaches. You know, when you guys come to the game, he coaches with that passion that he played with. So he only knows one speed, and that's what's made him a great player. It's a man, a great coach. So you have to recruit guys that kind of have that similar mold that will work for him. Um, you know, and now every, every kid's different. Everyone's motivated a little differently. Um, but those seem to be the guys that, that play best for him. Um, you know, and also he's got a soft spot for guys to put the ball in the hole. If you can shoot it and you can make some shots, he he'll find a spot for you for sure.
2: So is it a similar process that you had at Sam Houston state? Do you have a guy where that you kind of take back to him or do you know, uh, what ford wants well enough that you are are pretty confident like hey we can we can move ahead with an offer now
1: yeah i think uh there's a mutual um understanding and you know like i know what he wants um and you know right now like for example if we went out and watched uh through uh some games in the live period for a 22 kid you know that's coming up pretty close i'm going to make sure that coach ford okays that you know, it's, it's, I mean, that's coming up now, you know, we got to move on this quick. We got to get visits. I mean, it's, you know, young kids, so much of it could change, you know, whether um, they blow up and they could go to Kentucky or in during the season too. a lot of times that coach Ford's got a lot going on. So I don't want to bother him with a young kid say, Hey coach, like there's a kid that's a sophomore. Um, Can you call, but he's just got a lot on his plate. So I think there's a little bit of both, just timing, understanding the situation. Um, you know, for example, the day, I think it was June 15th, when we could reach out and call 2023 kids. And, you know, he asked a couple of us, he said, hey, you guys got some kids, I need to call. It's first day that we could reach out to him. And he's great, gets on the phone with them, calls them, and he'll just kind of put on mute real quick. and be like, do like, do I need to offer him? You say, yes. you say yes, you say yes, you say no, you say no. I mean, I think he, he trusts us and, you know, what we think. Um, he's very involved in recruiting. You know, I think that's the one thing that I do like about him is he is involved. You tell him, hey, call so-and-so, he'll do it. Or, hey, watch this game, he'll do it. Or um, call this mom, dad, whatever. He, he's very involved in recruiting. We meet probably, oh, boy, four or five times a week on it. Um, and so he's pretty on top of it. And so it's not like you get caught blindsided or you're not really – knowing what to expect, what to recruit for. We're pretty organized in it for the most part. So um,
2: aside from Texas and, you know, I, I'm obviously not going to get into specifics or anything like that, but you've got a big network down there and that's kind of where you're looking most of the time recruiting. What, what other pockets of the do you, do you, country do you kind of have like a, a network or maybe you're a little more established or maybe you're familiar with some programs or, or Anything like that? What other areas are you kind of looking at?
1: Yeah, you know, at the school I was at, you know, we recruited junior college pretty heavily—seven uh, mm-hmm. or eight junior college kids on our roster. So a lot of junior, whether it's Florida, I spent a lot of time in Florida, Texas. There's a bunch of junior colleges there, and Kansas, wherever they're, they're all spread out. So I kind of got to develop some relationships at at the junior college level. Which I think will help us now a lot with the portal. Cause I think most schools yeah. are gonna the portal first and then, you know, they'll go to the junior college kids after. And I think it'll allow us to go and get a top five junior college kid in the country just because everyone's be focusing on the portal first. So um, definitely that in Oklahoma. I mean, the plan there, I'm very, very familiar with that state, which is close Tulsa, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, and they always have one or two players who are probably top 50 in the country. And after that, they probably got about four or five mid-major players. Um, And so that's obviously a good, a good pipeline to have. And in Kansas city as well, we had a kid from Kansas city on our team down in Sam Houston, um, which is close. Uh, Kansas city, Mo Canyon, they're they're right there. And obviously we've done a great job in the city of St. Louis. And I think that's, at the end of the day, what's contributed to a lot of our success is trying to keep these guys here at home, whether that's getting them out of high school or they go somewhere else and they transfer back here. We've done a good job of, of trying to establish those relationships with, with kids, coaches in the city, just because we've made coming to SLU kind of a cool thing to do. You know, staying home is a cool thing to do. You've seen players do that in the past. So I think we have that going for us, which has been uh, probably the best thing that we have, you know, as far as recruiting is this right here in our backyard.
2: Is that a whole staff effort or do, do
1: coach Ford and court coach Tate kind of take, take everybody knows, you know, C Tate's the, the main guy that, that yeah. uh, heads all that in the city and he does a phenomenal job. Um, you know, me just getting here, you know, I'm kind of trying to hit the ground running a little bit, getting to meet those people here in the city of St. Louis, but, it's a it's a team effort, you know. Everyone tries to do their part, but I would I'd be lying to you if I said that, you know, Corey Tate doesn't do you know a lot of that when, as far as the city. I mean, he, you could go eat at Kingside down the street, and he's going to run into somebody that he knows. You know, he's the mayor of St. Louis. So yeah, um, we we try to do everyone tries to do their part, but you know, Corey does a great job.
0: So we have Agua. I think I said that right.
1: Let's uh, go. Mike yep.
0: Wilson, yourself, and then it was reported that the strength and conditioning coach from OSU uh, mm-hmm. is likely heading up here. What is it about Travis Ford that even people who are recruited by him and then he leaves <laughs> want to come work for him mm-hmm. later? What is what is it about Travis Ford that, that makes him such a great person to work for?
1: You know, I think it, it goes both ways. Um, one, it shows that Coach Ford, you know, cares and he establishes those relationships, you know, whether it's me or Thomas, Mike or Jake, um, it shows the relationship side of it and that they obviously did like working for him. You know, if they're, they're willing to, um, to come back and, and do, it, do it again. And um, that's just how he is. You know, Coach Ford is a very loyal person. He likes being around people that he can trust and that are loyal and people just, it's just human nature. The people you're around most and you work with and you've recruited, or you have had someone work for you, spend time with, that's when that relationship forms. And so, no, you know, he recruited Thomas, to Oklahoma State. So, you know, he has that relationship and got him here. Mike worked for, for coach for two years. They have that relationship, came here, you know, Jake was there. It's eight years. The whole time Coach Ford was, and so they know what it's like to work for him. They have relationships, so I, it's really pretty easy. Um, just that just shows the type of person Coach Ford is. I mean, he's you see a lot of different coaches out there. You we all have buddies in the in the business, and you hear nightmares uh, about certain situations. But I think that's what makes this job so appealing. I show up, I pull up to office every day. I don't really think it's work. Is it work? Yeah, but I don't really view it as that. Uh, you're showing up to work with people that, you know, you enjoy being around, which makes, makes this job so much, so much better. So a, a couple things. Yeah. Given the uh, the OSU pipeline that yeah. we've
2: got now, when I, when I go over to the little, you know, the magnifying glass on Twitter, like topics you may be interested in Oklahoma state is the top thing every day. They're yeah. always giving me Oklahoma state news. And I'm like, that's, you're, you're kind of just a little bit off there Twitter. Um, but the other <laughs> point is uh, uh, also Devel Roby. I mean, um, I think him joining the staff says a lot, too, because he's somebody that Ford uh, did not recruit, but who, you know, he inherited and then who, who comes back to work for him, too. And I know that's not always a, an easy relationship for a coach and a player um, not being one of, quote unquote, your guys. Right. Um, so I think that speaks volumes, too. And, yeah. and when, when you're trying to put a team together, how much is that uh, is that personality and that cultural fit um, part of the equation, because obviously, you know, you talked about kind of the skill sets and the, some of the personality traits that coach is interested in in players, but are you also looking at like, man, I, I just don't see him with the guys on the squad right now, or, you know, maybe you round up a little bit on a guy because you think he's, he's going to come here and fit in and do the work.
1: No doubt. Uh, ab- absolutely. That happens all the time. Uh, forming a team is, is kind of like putting a puzzle, big puzzle together you got to have certain pieces you just can't go out and get five Nezzes or go get five fred thatches you know or five gibson you can't you, that wouldn't be a good team you want to put different pieces together that form that 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 puzzle that picture and that that's what makes a good team everyone has different strengths but i will say for the most part their the personalities how they fit coach is pretty pretty consistent um and I think he's done a good job of that since he's been here. I think he's done a good job of having a culture that's about the right things. It's about winning. Is it? Per- are we perfect? No. But we have guys that want to win, that want to be in the gym, that are coachable, and that want to be here. And you know, that's what I think makes this group so good is they are in the gym a lot. They work. They're playing pickup together. They love being around each other. Did we lose Jordan Haas? Yeah. Is that going to hurt? Yeah, but we got some guys who are ready to step up, I think. And this summer it's shown. I mean, they they put the time in, and so um, the type of kids that we have here, their their personality, uh, their want to, their their vision, I think is is what has is going to make this this transition after losing those 2 We've started every game since their freshman year. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to see where some of these guys, you know, where they step into that spotlight this year.
0: I am curious. We talked kind of about the makeup of the squad and, you know, looking back to 2000, was that the, 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 uh, A-10 championship team, um, the shooting wasn't there and hasn't really been there. It's, it's been ramped up over the last couple of years, Gibson Jimerson comes in, uh, and now it seems like, uh, Ford has really started to shift into trying to bring in shooters is that a conscious decision he's made based on, you know, working with a team that could not shoot and maybe the limitations that that, um, that kind of came from that?
1: You know, what, what's funny when people ask me that question, you know, those teams that, that I played on, and even the other teams before me Oklahoma State, they all could shoot the ball really well. Um, played fast, shot a lot of threes, very versatile. Um, and then here has been a little different, but I think it's more in the fact, you know, he gets here – his first year, his first recruiting class, he gets Jordan and his son, who are unbelievable players and two of the best players to ever wear a jersey here. But their, their presence, their, their personality, where they played was such a physical, tough, gritty style. And I think that they were just the centerpiece of, of the teams going forward for four years. So I think those teams just reflected their personality. And that was kind of the, the identity of that team, like you said. I mean, we were just tough. When we went and won four games in four days, or whatever, in Brooklyn, um, we were just tough. I mean, that, that's why we won. I'm not going to sit here and say we were the most talented. And I mean, we were good, you know, and we had some guys step up, but we were just a tougher team that whole weekend. And so um, I think that, that kind of attributes a lot to it was when those two got here, that was kind of the identity that was formed. So,
2: looking at the roster now, and, and, um, you know, I I know you guys have said maybe you're not completely done for the the upcoming year, but uh, how how drastically different do you think the style of play might be when you're kind of looking at, okay, we've just got two kind of more traditional five men, and then other than that, you know, you really heavy in in guard and wing kind of players. Are you looking at kind of like a four-out, one-in style, or... or, um, you know, obviously you're, you're losing the identity of Goodwin and French. So um, are, are you think it's going to be a, a big change year over year in terms of style?
1: Um, you know, I think for, for how we'll play this year, we'll have a more versatility, you know, especially one through four guys that could play the two, three, three, four, one, two, three, um, you know, and so I think our four out will be very, very interchangeable. We'll be very versatile. I think we'll shoot the ball really well. I mean, our guys have been playing pickup, and our guys make shots. Now, it's got to translate. It obviously is a little different when we get going. Um, But I think we'll be a better shooting team. I really do. Really, one through four, I mean, everybody can shoot. I mean, even Yuri. I know everyone talks about Yuri. Yuri's shot right now looks great. I wasn't here. I always tell people this. I wasn't here his two years when he played. I was not. If I just, when I just walked in the gym and I knew nothing about Yuri Collins, I'd say, yeah, he's a good three-point shooter. Yes, he and he's worked his butt off this summer to, to develop that. And I think he'll be a big key for us as far as his leadership. And he's kind of kind of taken hold of that this summer. He's done a good job in practice and workouts and leading, being more vocal. That's been the one challenge uh, we've had for him. And he's responded uh, up to this point. He knows he, we're going to need that out of him. You know, there's other guys, TJ. You know, same deal. He's been here you know, three years now, so we expect the same thing out of him. But um, I know I kind of rambled on there from from your question. But
2: you I know, think we're, we're, a lot of
1: versatility, a lot of athleticism, able to switch a lot, um, and we'll be a very good defensive team. You know, and I think people forget about Fred. You know, Fred's been through a lot in the past year, year and a half. Uh, very experienced, very old, very mature. He's gotten better. Um, so one through 4 were deep. We, we were very versatile. We could shoot it. Um, so I think it'll allow us to, to play fast and defensively, be able to switch a lot of things as well, which will create some problems for people.
0: You, you mentioned uh, people forget about Fred and, and one of the running, running bits on this show is like uh, in uh, the hangover. I forgot about the damn tiger. Yeah. Like you just, there's always somebody that we're just like, Oh yeah, we have him on the team too. Um, but, you know, you mentioned shooting and, and, um, on instagram we've seen tj putting in a ton of work shooting the ball um is it is that is that is he for real from from three now or how's he doing
1: he's been great um, his shot looks good you know he again he's one of those guys that we expect more from him than the past two seasons and um we're gonna need a lot out of him he has the opportunity now to step in and Play a big role and he's embraced it he's embraced it every day and practice and in workouts and getting into the gym and uh you know i told him you know the other day I'm like, he's, he's just now scratching the surface for, for how good he could be we all know how athletic he is you know how versatile you know he, he could shoot it um get run well get to the rim finish but now you know we got to take it one more notch just one more gear and um he's done that so far this summer and so it'll be exciting to see his development throughout the year. Cause we're going to need him to, to have a really good year for us. Uh, you know, if we're going to get to where we want to go.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think Hargrove developing a three point shot will uh, unlock a lot of uh, highlight reel dunks yeah. uh, the, at least the potential for it. And for the record, I've always been a Yuri Collins is a fine three point shooter he just gets in bad spots where he's out of rhythm because they leave him open. And now he's thought about it for too long. And then he misses the shot. Anyway, that's my side note, Pete. I, I, I think you had a question. I could hear you. Wind no, up I, I think
2: honestly, I think it, based on last season, Hargrove kind of already has found a yeah. shot. Now yeah. It's a matter of big, bigger minutes, bigger volume. I mean, if you know, there were plenty of games where he's going one of two of three. And if you do that for a season, all of a sudden, you know, you're shooting, close to 40% at the end of the year. And and so, yeah, that that puts a lot of confidence in your shot. But speaking of another guy who's kind of made a a transformation in the offseason, Javante Perkins has really beefed up, um, obviously gone through a really rigorous strength and conditioning program. What do you think the transition is going to be like for these guys from one um, strength and conditioning coach to another? Um, The fact that he's coming from Oklahoma State, does that – you know, add a little more familiarity there? Or do you think it's going to take a while for these guys to get on new programs?
1: You know, I, I don't think so. Um, Rob was really good. Uh, Rob was really good at what he does and Jake is too. So they they have a few different ways about going about, you know, developing guys in the weight room. Um, But I, I don't see it being a huge, a huge problem. Our guys love to work. They're going to do whatever that we ask of them, and so at the end of the day, if they just listen, buy into to what they're telling them, I mean, uh, we'll be fine. That's I think we honestly improve. You know, our program gets better by bringing Jake here. You know, or, or the same. You know, Rob was great. So I don't want to take anything away from him, mm-hmm. but by Jake coming here, I mean it's a step that you know we feel like our program is um, improving. Almost, or we're not, we're not losing anything by far with Rob leaving. That's for sure.
0: Who who's a guy uh, during the summer that you've seen that you think isn't being talked about enough uh, going into this season as somebody who could step up and, and contribute more than expected uh, from the fans' perspective? Probably, I guess
1: I'll probably go with uh, Rashad. Um, you know, I think a lot of St. Louis guys get a lot of attention and rightfully so. Um, obviously Jordan, Nesbitt, we expect a lot out of him, comes with reputation, Memphis, everyone knows about him. Um, I think Rashad, you know, I think he's a guy that can really, really shoot it. One of those guys I think helps us shoot the basketball, spread the floor. I mean, I think he had 36 last year against Oklahoma State, I think 36 or 38. Um, and so he has the opportunity to really fill it up. He, He does, he's experienced, he's played in big time games, um, and so I think that's a guy that, you know, we could expect a lot from him. Again, we're going to need need him to. We're gonna need him to make some shots. We need him to be aggressive and score for us, and that's why we brought him here. And um, he's had to play a lot of point, you know, right now because we're missing DeAndre. DeAndre will get here in a week. Um, and then uh, he's, tr- he's really bought into that. You know, he's been very coachable up to this point, hasn't played a whole lot of point. He'll play a little bit of that off the ball too, but he's been – great as far as just trying to soak everything in and what we're teaching them you know a lot of times you get guys that have transferred they think they know it all already oh i've played division one you know, two three four years blah, 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 you know now he's he's come in just like he's a freshman trying to learn absorb everything be a sponge and that's a guy i, I would say that i'm looking forward to to seeing how you know, he kind of takes off this season um i think we'll, we'll get a lot out of a shot
2: I had a feeling you'd like the uh, the three point shooter, the guy who yeah, been uh, three point attempts the last couple of years. Yeah. Speaking of uh, DeAndre Jones, he was kind of a, a surprise for a lot of us. I know it was kind of a a short period between when we kind of first heard about him and 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 when he committed, but. Um, uh, what, what, do you, what do you see him bringing to the team this year? I mean, he's a guy who, who's one of, I think he's Central Arkansas's all-time leader in like assists, steals, and a couple other categories. Yeah. Um, so, he, so he's obviously a guy who's, who's really experienced. Um, what, what do you think he brings to this team?
1: You know, DeAndre, so we're, he was in the same league as, uh, as us at Sam Houston. So I played against DeAndre four times. Um, so I've seen what he could do. And he led us up one game for, I think, 34, 32, and pretty much single handedly won us or won them the game. Um, and he played well against Slew, too. He played against yeah. those things twice and put up good numbers. So there was a lot of familiarity with him. And um, we have Yuri. Everyone knows about, about Yuri there at the point, but he compliments Yuri very, very well. Um, I think last year he was shooting 50% from three. Before he got hurt, and um, I mean that's at top of the country. He may not have gotten the, the attempts to qualify for it, but you're shooting 50% from three in early January. That's a and he's getting them up. I mean that's that's a heck of a percentage. And so he's experienced. He's played four years Division one basketball, point guard that can create for, for others, get in the paint, can really really shoot it from 30. Um, so he's a guy, I mean, we, we expect him to come in and help us out too. I mean, that's why we, we signed him. We didn't sign him to come in and um, just kind of sit the bench and we signed him to come in and make an impact. And so another guy that could shoot it really, really well, a lot of experience. So, you know, hopefully he'll be able to give us a punch too. Just got to make sure that uh, he's good to go knee wise and, and we'll be all right. You know,
0: we're, we're getting into more um, kind of, things that are happening right now um and obviously on on uh, social media there's been a couple players i think that have signed uh, nil deals um obviously you being a more recent graduate of college um and not getting into too many specifics but is there is there anything that obviously it's good that these players are able to make a little money uh, on the side you using their likeness but is there anything that that concerns you going forward i mean it just seems like some of these companies are popping up out of nowhere um and kind of getting these deals with these guys is it is there any cause for a little concern at all or I'm, is it kind of whatever
1: i'm i'm mad i quit playing about five years too soon <laughs> that's what happened i feel like um, right. no i mean i i Again, we tell our guys this, you know, the more endorsements, more opportunity that's going to come with that name, image, and likeness, uh, the more that's going to come, the better you do out there on the floor. That's that's just how it works. So it's it's a balance because I would be no different. 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, you, you want to make money. You want to figure out how to, how to do all this. It's all new. It's new for us, our athletic department, these kids, so you got to figure out how to balance that. And the most important thing is playing and handling your business on the court. Because when you do that, it, it'll come. You build it and they will come. You know, that's just, that's just how it works. So trying to get them to understand that, I think, is uh, important. But um, we're all still trying to figure it out you know, from the athletic department to us. We've done good reaching out, talking to people, trying to get this stuff organized and, uh, and how to handle it because um, it's new waters for, for everybody.
2: I guess that changes the, <clears throat> the recruiting sales pitch as well, right? I mean, yeah. you, you kind of have to consider long-term what a guy's opportunities are going to be um, at any given school. So uh, um, has that dyna- dynamic come up a lot already in, in, in recruiting?
1: It has. It, it's come up a little bit, um, especially with the kids that are going to be seniors. You know, I mean, that's a question that's been asked. The good thing about St. Louis is it's a city. So you you have the opportunity to, to make money or get endorsement, whatever it is, you have a lot of opportunities for that. Um, and, you know, St. Louis, we always say, this is the NBA team or Slew's the NBA team of the city, St. Louis. So um, you're not competing with the NBA team, a G league team or whoever, or a football team now. So, you know, basketball is, is it you near know, the Cardinals and the blues, but you know, St. Louis Billiken basketball is, is the show. There's no NBA team here. So that helps, you know, that, that helps for some college cities may not have that. You know, even if you're at a, a big school such as TCU, you're in Fort Worth you know, and you got Dallas 30 minutes away. So there's a lot going on where that might be a little bit harder here. I think because basketball is so, so important to the school, to the city, it allows for a lot of opportunities for, for our kids.
0: Do you think it's easier with having the volume of place of you know places these kids can go to sign deals versus maybe being in a small town where there's there may be less volume but you know kind of more likelihood of them being the oh God the just a Pete, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah
2: a bigger fish and a smaller
0: pond. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, so it'd be like comparing St. Louis to Stillwater. Correct. Kind of, kind of something like that. Yeah. We I think there's pros and cons. Um well, obviously when you're in a small college town, that that is it. You know, there are no sports teams. So those dealerships, restaurants, businesses, whatever. Um are going to be really dialed into maybe some of that. But I do think in St. Louis, it's a unique situation because, you know, there's not the Rams. If the Rams were here, then that, that'd probably be a different story. I, there's no NBA team. So I do think in, in the city of St. Louis, it has some opportunity, even though it's a big city, um, people love basketball. You know, that's just that's just what it is. That's why we have a great arena. That's why we have great crowds. Um and so it's like anything though, the better you perform out there, the more the more opportunities that you have. And so that's kind of been our main thing to our kids is, you know, take care of your business in the classroom, on the court, and you know make sure you're you're right, and those opportunities will come. You know, we, we got a great athletic department and stuff. You know, we'll figure that out. But um, again, new it's new waters for everybody. But you know, our, our guys have had some opportunities, and you know, hopefully as, as this gets going more and and we get used to it, we could continue to kind of figure this out and expand it, you know, the best way we can for our guys.
0: I, I, I saw Fred uh, started a basketball camp back in Sykeson, which I think is, is absolutely brilliant. Um, And personally, I think that's, uh, you know, a um, you know, for lack of a better word, non-power five players, biggest opportunity for you know making money as a college student is to put on their own camp in their hometown uh, i'm curious what you think is probably their best Avenue of going uh, for a player that would come to st Louis
1: yeah I think you know um, social media I, I think is one way a Tj got through some somebody I forgot oh, it was yeah. on instagram um you know social media for these, these kids have 10,000, 12,000, 8,000 followers on Instagram, Twitter. So that's 10,000 people that are following, you know, what you're doing. because so that content that you're putting out every day, I think, has an opportunity to, to be your brand. And, you know, at the end of the day, social media is a big way. A lot of these businesses are going to get their, their word out or sell stuff or advertise. And so um, I think social media for our kids could be their best weapon. And as um, amount of people in the city, college students, boosters, alumni follow them, I think the stuff that they put on there, their content, uh, their day, daily routine in the gym, in class, working out, I think a lot of that stuff can, can help them and, and promote their brand, um, whether it's through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. So you've got the, the NIL
2: stuff. You've got a transfer portal that's like twice as big as it was five years ago um no shortage of other rule changes uh to keep track of um you know the ongoing recruitment of players players transferring a lot more in in high school and trying to follow them around is there ever a time where you and the staff are just like slow down like like there's there's so many things changing in this sport all at
1: once um the good thing is what i'm hoping is this will be all i know here in five years, because I've only been, this will be my third year as an assistant. So hopefully this is just the way of life. I I don't know any better. Like coach Jack Letty's probably like, oh my gosh, this is insane. You know, he's been doing this for, for longer than I'm alive, you know? So, uh, as part of it, you know, I've just tried to have that mentality of this is what it is. These are the rules, whether you like it or not, you have to adapt. If you don't, you'll get left behind. And so just kind of having that, mentality um through the past year there has been a lot of changes the portal name image and likeness deal um, and those two go hand in hand I think I think those are both gonna kind of go hand in hand when it comes to kids transferring at times so definitely a lot just you know trying to, you got to figure it out if if you don't then you'll you'll get left behind whether you like it or not
2: How closely are you watching some of the other leagues that are forming um, and trying to compete for high school kids too, like the overtime elite league? You've always got the G league that's out there. And I know now that a few kids have done it, um, you know, there's probably more competition from, uh, you know, international leagues, like the NBL. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you see some of the success that some of these kids have had, Um, you know, whether it's going to the NBL and playing and then coming back, going G league. Um, and I just hear stories of some of these kids that, that are going that route. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot more to deal with in recruiting. Um, you know, it's funny the mid like mid-major schools always had to worry about high majors coming in, not the high majors having to worry about the G league overtime, And, you know, so everyone's got their, their, their thing they have to compete with. And that's just that's just the way that college basketball's changed. There's so many different variables that go into recruiting now than maybe 10, 15 years ago. But I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to, you know, if you recruit the, the right type of the kid that fits your, your program, your culture, and, and what works, you're gonna hope that your culture prevails into whatever else is is being pitched.
2: Yeah, that's uh <clears throat> that's a, I think that's a good, I, I kind of like that dynamic that maybe, maybe, you know, the big dogs have a little bit more. Yeah. Of a,
1: welcome uh, to yeah. our world.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, you've, you've been back in St. Louis a few months now. How are you, how are you re to everything? Mm-hmm. How different is it post, uh, or I guess still during the pandemic as compared to when you left?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I get to finally move into my apartment in, in two days. So I've been living at the at a hotel for the past two months um before i could have an apartment available and get my stuff shipped down from from mcallen down in texas so our guys will go home i'll get situated finally but um, it's been a whirlwind it's happened so quick the week i get hired i had to go on the road recruiting and i was gone like six weekends straight so um it's all been going so fast i was only in town really anyway two three days out of the week so um, it's been good. I'm glad to be here, but now I'm, I'm finally ready to, to get into my own place. Um, as good as the Cheshire has been, uh, I'm ready to move in. So
0: what, what were you most excited to, uh, to, to like restaurant wise or, or local spot wise, what were you most excited to get back to when you rolled back into town?
1: Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I am an Emos fan. I know it's like kind of being a Dallas. It's like being a Dallas Cowboys fan. You either love them or you hate them. Um, I am an Emos fan, so I have I have been to Emos a couple times. Um, Barnapoli is right, or not Barnapoli. Basso is right there at the Cheshire. So I've gone to Basso a couple times since it's walking distance. Um, but uh, I just I think uh, we went to the hill the other day. Um, which i could sadly say i did not go my first two years here to the hill to eat so finally got my first uh italian hill food experience um but it's been good you know just running around trying to get situated again uh but definitely definitely glad to be here well uh
0: one last question um you're actually not even a question. Just kind of got, if you have a message for SLU fans going forward with this season, um, uh, what, what, what do you got for them?
1: Yeah. You know, I, again, I wasn't here last year. I obviously just watched from afar. Um, you know, I, last year, I, I know there were some very exciting moments beating LSU, beating NC state, being ranked in the top 20. Yeah. And then COVID happened and we shut down for a month and a half. And, but I, I think, you know, we're trying to build off of that. Um, I think we have a good group right now that's experienced that has been through some, some success that has experienced some of that, but it's their turn. You know, it's their time to step into the spotlight. Um, and, you know, I, I really do like this group. You know, I have mentioned it a little bit on the show. I think our versatility, our athleticism, um, our ability to shoot the ball, I think will be better than some of the teams that we've had in the past. So um, excited to get going. Our guys report back in two weeks. Their last day is tomorrow. They'll lift and they'll be out of here. Um, but we're excited. We have a tough schedule. I mean, our, our schedule is a beast. Um, so we'll definitely be tested on early, but just trying to keep it going. Well, Coach Ford's done a great job in his six years here. Um, obviously, I've been to the NCAA tournament, but just trying to take that next step, not just get there, but, you know, try to get to a Sweet 16, Elite Eight type deal. Um, Try to keep it going that direction.
0: Well, well, thank you again. We cannot thank you enough. And I I just want to reiterate, um, you know, how much Ford's doing was just good to me in his time um, at St. Louis University. I mean, you know, coming on the podcast, I'm a chucklehead. I don't know anybody who like. I mean, to have people like you and Ford come on my podcast is just insane. Um, and you know, he, he got me, he got me a ticket to that game against Dayton this past year. I mean, that like the first game I didn't think, I didn't think I'd see a basketball game all year in Chaffetz and I'm going to the first game and I just, just unbelievable, um, unbelievable human being, uh, besides being a basketball coach. So, uh, Pete, anything?
2: No, just, uh, thanks for taking the time. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have you back and, uh, and good luck this season.
1: Thanks guys. I I appreciate it. And I I feel big time now that that I've got on the show. So I I appreciate your time and you know, you guys are always welcome. Practice game, anything. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you guys. You guys put out good content and stuff.
0: We appreciate that. And the door's always open. Uh, Anytime you want to come back, uh, you're more than welcome. So uh, it was good talking to you, man.
1: All right. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. See you soon. See you (laughs) soon.